Welcome to My Life, Tanya Applied with Rabbi Simon Jacobson, a journey into the deepest teachings of Torah and their application to our personal, emotional, and psychological lives. Guten Moed. We continue our journey in the life-changing Sefer Tanya. This program is made possible by Rina Lights LLC, and it's in honor and memory of Rabbi Yisuf Halevi Weinberg Olav Shalom, Rabbi Yisuf Pinchas Hakoyen Katz Olav Shalom, Rabbi Yel Hakoyen Khan Olav Shalom, and is in schus and merit of Rabbi Zevi Cheskel Hakoyen and Risha Katz Le'edich Yomim V'Shanim Tevis for many long, healthy years. We are in the middle of chapter 15, Pedek Tezvov in Tanya, and in the most powerful and fascinating way, the Altareb is explaining the very nature of different people. And remember, we're talking about the Benini, Midas Kolodom Bacharel Kolodom Yimshach, which means the quintessential personality of all of us. Midas Kolodom. This is the quality, this is the personality, the character type of all people, and one that we're all drawn toward, the Benini. So analyzing each person is critical. Now obviously the Al-Tarebbe can't analyze every individual, so he defines categories. And the categories we've discussed so far is somebody who is invested in self-mastery, in self-control, which means not allowing the impulses of his animal soul to control his life. What does life mean? His thought, speech, and action. There's an animal soul that you can't change. But you can control whether it's going to affect. Like the king battling with the other king, making sure I control the city. I may not control you, and you may have your impulses, and you may be antagonistic, but who's running the show? Who's governing? The human being, the irktan azaguf, is the divine soul. So in this self-mastery itself, there are different levels. We already learned about many of them earlier, but the Alter Rebbe went now further and described these two general categories. Loya vodai. We should start the other way around. And Eved Elikim and Asher Loya vodai. Someone that serves God, which is the general Baini person who is working all the time, Eved Loshen Heva, in the present sense, not like Eved Havaya of the Tzaddik that has become already in that state. He's already achieved the goal and he's now, that's his category. Here he's a constant process of working hard to control himself, meaning his thought, speech, and action. And Loya Vodai is not a Rosha. We're not talking about someone that's a Rosha because that's not a Baini. Not someone who doesn't serve God literally. It means someone who doesn't work hard at serving which means it's not taking that much effort. And the Alter Rebbe defined two general categories. One, someone who doesn't need that much battle because his nature, his nature is more he's more somber, more, more inward, if you wish, more introvert, not the exact word, but someone that's more, and therefore it's conducive to learning Torah. A person who's cold-blooded, and, and is passionless, doesn't have, it doesn't get so, not a pleasure seeker. It's not so inspired by, pa- by passions and by indulgences. So his very nature is conducive and works toward, what? Not giving into his Yetzirah that much, but not through Aveda. 
And for that person, it's enough, the Ave Mesuteres, to keep him aligned with what Hashem wants. Because at the end of the day, he is a Benini. And he's learning Tehidah. He's not learning something else, which also a person who's more Marishcheda would maybe learn mathematics or science. So the Ave Mesuteres, the dormant and concealed love, is enough. And he doesn't need that much of his bonus and contemplation. So it's his nature. So the, that's why Loyavodai, you can't call it Avodai. His nature, and Avimusatelis is not his, that's an inheritance from his Yerushim Avisenu, from the patriarchs. A second category of Loyavode is somebody who his nature may not be conducive, but Hergel. He's trained himself enough. Hilgalasmin Lilmid Basmodik Dela. Vanasi Hergel Tavasheni. His nature has become. His hergel, his habit, has become second nature. So it's a second nature. So here you could give credit, because initially he did work on doing so, but now it's already his nature. And as such, there's loyavode in that. Even though initially, initially he did put that work in. But you want to call him a avid elikim, avid loshen heva. No, at this point, it's become it's in second nature. The Gemara tells us in Yerushalmi, there was a person who came into Ashul, heard davening, came to Maidim, he automatically bowed down. Now you say that's a great quality. He didn't even have to think about it. He trained his body so much, as soon as you hear Maidim, reflexively. But you could also interpret that it's not an Aved anymore. It's like Mitzvah Sanoshim Elamodah became his nature. It became by rote. And Aveda means making an effort. So Alter Rebbe tells us, it's still loya vodai. And it's enough for him to ava mesuteres. However, dai loy be'ava mesuteres zu. But then, eli imkain, reitzel lil mit yesu regilose. If he chooses and wants to go beyond regilis, in other words, whatever he got used to, let's say a person... It became his hergel in the morning he wakes up, he davens and learns his shir. It's almost reflexive. He doesn't need even an effort. He doesn't have to battle with his animal soul. Became a second nature. Like he brushes his teeth. So that's to loyavodai. If he wants to go over to Eved, there he needs to go beyond the regilis. You're learning 15 minutes every day. You learn 20 minutes. He's going to give a different example for this from the Gemara. But I'm just using that example just to lay the ground so now we're going to enter into the world of going over from Le'avodai to Avodai. So whether it's a person's nature or it's second nature, that doesn't mean he's trapped there. He could go to the higher level of the Baini, of Avodelikim, not just Le'avodai. And how do you do that? You go out of your regilus. And to understand this, the Alter Rebbe is going to bring the Gemara, the Gemara Chigigit, Tess Omid Beis, that explained initially the Posek Malachi about Eved Alekim and Loya Vodai, where he spoke in the beginning of the Pedic, where he talked about So we discussed that Gemara when we started the chapter. Now he's going to say, 
With this we'll understand, when a person goes out of Zerugilis, we'll understand the Gemara. And you could also say from the Gemara we understand how to achieve this level of going over from Le'avodai to Eved So let's continue now learning inside. Ubizei Yuvan goes like this. Ubizei Yuvan, Masha Amru B'Gemara, we'll understand what it says in the Gemara. On the Posuk. On the Posuk that we learned before, V'shaftim V'reisam Esam. V'reisam, Bein Tzadik L'Roshah. So this will understand what the Talmud states and he explains what's Eved Elikim. What does the Pasuk mean by Eved Elikim, one who serves God? The Eved Elikim hainu misha sheina pirkei meipomim ve'echad. That one who serves God refers to a person who reviews his studies 101 times. Meipomim ve'echad. Later he uses the word va'achas. The Rebbe remarks on that. And what's v'loyavodai? Misheshena pirkei meyapomim levat. And one who does not serve him, the Gemara tells us, refers to a person who reviews his studies only, he reviews his studies only 100 times. <laughs> Interesting, huh? 100 times, loyavodai. You're not serving God. 101 you move over to another category, serve. So the Gemara needs to be understood. And by understanding the Gemara, we'll understand a tremendous aspect to human personality and human psychology. So, here's how the Altareb explains it. How could it be one, one learning one more time changes this qualitative shift from not serving to someone that, is a ser- that serves? So here's how he explains. Bahainu, this means, the reason for this is because it's the key. In those days, the times of Shas, of Tanoim and Amiroim, the custom was, was normal to review each lesson 100 times. That was the Regilus. Regilus. So yes, to us it sounds amazing, someone learning something 100 times. But if it's Regilus, then it becomes like Tevashani, it's your nature. Second nature, as we discussed earlier, Bateva Sheni. So in other words, it's not how much you do something. It's not quantity. It's not what you're doing. Though you get plenty of credit for learning a hundred times, Gavaldic. And it's not to the extent that it became your nature, your second nature. But the Aved is not defined by that. Aved is defined by your comfort zone. Did you get out of your comfort zone? Did you get out of your habits? of your rote, of your mechanics. Is it mechanical? Yes, of course it's better to be mechanical, learn a hundred times, than to do something else, God forbid. 
But Aveda requires Ibud Edis is the expression. Ibud Edis means the tanning, the hard work, the effort. So for one person, for a person, if it takes effort to learn once, and for another person it takes no effort to learn a hundred times, so even though a hundred times learning is more firepower, but qualitatively speaking, it's the effort. It's getting out of the comfort zone. And that's the key. And the Alter Rebbe is now going to bring from the Gemara a riot to this. The Gemara brings a proof to this. What does the Gemara say? As the Talmud itself there offers the Gemara, the Talmud there itself offers Moshel Meshuk Shel Chamorim. It offers us an analogy, a Moshel, an example from the donkey market. Shukshul Khamari literally means the donkey market. But what is it referring to is that people, donkeys, were good to carry weight. People needed to deliver something. So today, delivery is in all different manners. Then they did it through donkeys. So there was a whole market for this. The donkey, the donkey driver's rental market, you can call it. Shukshul Khamari. And what's the story? So it talks there, so of course, if you, you rent someone's donkey to carry weight, so it all depends how far the donkey has to travel. And based on that, there's the price. So the Gemara tells us, what was the, the pricing for it? The cost involved? That these donkeys could be hired for one zuz, which is one silver coin, to go 10 parsa. Parsa is a measure, a certain, per, it's called a Persian mile. Not exactly our mile, but 10 parsa. But then the Gemara continues, Ula echad asar. But let's say somebody wants to go 11 Persian miles, parsa. Lechad asar, parsa. Bisrezuzah. They charged double, two zuzim, two silver coins. But it was only one mile more. So one mile more. If it was 20 miles, 20 Persian miles, Paris is okay. So this is one silver coin, double the, the, the journey. It's twice as much. But why one mile costs twice as much? Because that extra mile extended beyond their norm. So that, what do you see from the Gemara? It's all about the gilas. And you pay double. Just for going out of the norm. Because this, the donkeys, that's their natural way of doing things. So you do have to pay because there's a schar tirche. The donkey has to work hard. The donkey's doing other work as well. So whoever owns this donkey is charging 10. For, for the 10 parsley, is charging one, one coin, one silver coin. But since the donkey has to do an extra effort, it's not... How much more? It's, it's going out of his nature, out of his regulus, so it's double. So you see that the one has so much power qualitatively. As the Alter Rebbe continues. The Alter Rebbe continues. Ulechein. Zeisa pama meva achas. Going back to the nimshal, to the moral. 
but that their regillas, their nature, their routine was to study a hundred times. Therefore, when the student, studies over and above the norm, one hundred and one times, that this one hundred and first time, which is this one extra time, He's gone over and above the norms ingrained in him since childhood. That one time counts as much as all the hundred times put together. Just like it was that one extra parsa is worth the same amount of the ten parsas that you paid for the silver coins. So you paid two silver coins. So you see the power of one thing. Because it's gone beyond what he's accustomed to. And it surpasses them in quality, in significance. With more dignity, more intensity, and more power. So that this individual can be called one who serves God. So that one time, the change of, of nature, going beyond your second nature, going beyond your routine, that's the key. Think of a comfort zone. What's so difficult about getting out of a comfort zone? Because it's comfortable. So even if you're comfortable with doing something that is hard work, but you're comfortable with it, it doesn't take any extra effort. But if you do something that you're uncomfortable with, even though it could be compared to the, all the effort you're putting in that you were comfortable with, it's only a minuscule. It's only one more time, but it's different for you qualitatively. And you'll find that's what's hard to break habits. Look how hard it is to break a habit. Why? Even bad habits. And here he's talking about good habits. Because the habit becomes ingrained in us. And once it's ingrained, it's very hard to change. I mean, one of the theories behind the power of habit is that the brain, in its brilliance, creates like an algorithm, a macro, that when it sees you do something many times, it trains and just says, you know, we don't have to invest all that brain power and firepower. Let's invest that when we need to for something new to concentrate on. But the things you automatically do, let's make it into automatic pilot. You press a button, automatically you do it. That's why there are a lot of things we do out of habit you don't even remember. But you did it because you just, that's the, that's the, it triggers. One thing triggers in the morning. You could wake up, you think about something else. You brush your teeth. The other regimens you go through. It's automatic because the brain is reserving its best strength for something new, for something that you have to apply yourself. That's why when you want to change it, it's not that simple. That's a little more of a, I guess, if you want a scientific an understanding of the power of habit. But the bottom line is breaking through that, breaking through the inertia, and the status quo has this power. So number one, and further, it counts as much, but furthermore, it surpasses them because you've done something new for you. You've gone out of your comfort zone. 
And the Alter Rebbe is now going to continue to explain the power that's generated when you do that change. And this, of course, comes back to us to teach us about our effort, the power of effort. Now, it's interesting, this goes along. If you think, go back to chapter 14, where he said you have to make an effort to try to be a tzaddik, even if you don't reach there. And that's why, and you may actually become, but even if not, the effort matters. So you can say it goes somewhat you know, hand in hand. He's talking here about being a benini, not being a tzaddik, but the idea of making that effort as much as we possibly can. And that's not to be dismissed. In other words, it's not how much you actually achieve. It's how much you have to change to achieve it. There's a beautiful expression, a mimer from the Alter Rebbe. I think it's Vayakel Tovkuf Samach Vov. And it became the basis of, of Tovfrei Samach Vov, the Hemshech HaYidu of the Rebbe Rashab, about the Veda Bekei the Veda of self-exerted, self-generated work. Even though it could be small compared to something you receive as a gift, but a person desires more one measure through your own effort than nine that you receive as a gift. How could one be more? $1,000 doesn't come close to $9,000. One million to nine million. But that's purely quantity. But the effort, the qualitative effort that came through you, you appreciate it more. It's yours. So he says there an expression in the Alter Rebbe says that the whole purpose of the Neshama game down below is to do something it doesn't want to do. Lamaila the Neshama wants to learn Tehra. It doesn't have any other side. There's no Yetzirah, there's no Nefesh Abamis. It's the nature of the Neshama. It's its nature. That's its nature. It's just like a fish in water. A Neshama wants to learn Tehra. When you come down below, there's a challenge. And you go beyond. And you don't do it just because your nature. You go against your nature. Beyond your nature, we should say. That's the power of this Aveda. And now the Altareb is going to explain. But before we go there, it's an interesting thought from the, from the, the Rebbe. Here's on why the Altareb brings the Moshul of the Chamer. Even though it's the Gemara, and, and absolutely explains the idea well, but interestingly, he compares the Chamer. We know there's a Torah from the Baal Shem Tov, Kisida Chamer Senacha. Now you see the donkey of your enemy... So you may think you shouldn't help. The donkey's overburdened. So it says, Ozef Tazevimi, you should help. That's the Pashtaloch. In Aveda, the Bashamtav interprets, Chamer is the goof of the person. Chamer Haguf. You should not reject your body by through fasting, through affliction, through Yisurim, but you should help your body. You should train it. You should harness it toward the right direction. So the Rebbe explains that. The emotional here is that a donkey is not yours. You're renting it. You're renting it to carry weight, to carry heavy loads. So this is an example for a person's relationship with his nefesh abamis, his animal soul, his chamer. You cannot own the nefesh abamis because it's a benini. The tzaddik owns the nefesh abamis. He's transformed it. But you can hire it. You can harness it. You can direct it to serve God. And even in that case where you can't own the animal soul, so you can think, can I really serve God? The animal soul is always going to remain an animal. The answer is no. You can rent the animal soul in the service of God. 
But what's required is service. You need to push it further than just its nature. You need to push it further in this context, not just learning 100 times, but learning 101 times. And now the Altareb explains, Mipnei. Why is this the case that it has such power this one time? The Shinri Harigilus, this getting out of your comfort zone? Because Mipnei Shechdei Lishan is Teva Harigilus? Because to change your habitual nature, you have to awaken the love of God. Through mindful meditation and contemplation on the greatness of God in his mind, to control over the natural disposition that is in the left side of the heart, the left chamber of the heart, like we learned before the Nefesh Habamis resides in the left side of the heart, which is Hamole Dama Nefesh Habamis Shemaha Klipa, filled with the blood of the animal soul, which is from the Klipa, from the shell, like we learned in chapter 9. Shememenu Huateva. That's where nature comes from. Remember here, we're dealing with nature. So it's the nature of the Nefesh Alikis, we understand. We're also dealing with the nature, like we learned earlier, the nature of the person who happens to be nature. He's conducive to learning Torah. Or the other aspects of nature. Even second nature, what did he do? His habitual behavior has trained himself to have a second nature. This nature is part of the Nefesh Abamis. The Nefesh Abamis is, is also engaged in this natural habit to learn. So since he's, he's trained himself, it's not requiring any effort in Aveda. But to get out of his Teva Regilus, the animal soul say, we're learning a hundred times, that's what we do. This is our custom, this is our mechanics, this is our routine. How then can you break through that? So you need some other power. And that's the Aveda. That's the Aveda to break out of the inertia, to break out of the routine. And to break out of the routine, you need to access a higher power. Like they say, you can't solve a problem from within the system where the problem was created. The nature is a good nature. He's learning Tate a hundred times. But you need something stronger here. And that stronger comes from the Aveda, the Ava Hashem. Like we learned before, the Ava Mesoteris is enough for somebody that simply has a certain nature or a second nature. But to break out of a routine, that already requires an Aveda through the Mizbonunus to get out of the comfort zone. And with this, we'll stop here. Tremendous lesson. You know, we're in the middle of Sukkot. Sukkot is getting out of a comfort zone. Sukkot Teshvu. Teshvu Kenta Duru not in the usual comforts of our natural structures, but somewhat vulnerable. But we know it's Hashem. 
That's an Aved. So everyone should have a very good Moed, a good Yontif, a Freil Chesim Chesteir, a Freil Chiyir. We're here every, we will resume after Yontif, Metzoy Shabbos, 12, uh, Shabbos, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Tanyaapply.com. Everyone have a good Yontif. This has been My Life, Tanya Applied with Rabbi Simon Jacobson. Please join us again next week. Visit chasidasapply.com for archived classes and more resources.